You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. The podcast for fans by fans is here for you. We gave you a simulated season every day since opening day, and now we're trying to conclude it in the best possible way. Socks in the Basement brought to you proudly now by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Visit them today at FAMWS.com and be sure to check out the great Socks in the Basement deals. Before you listen to this broadcast, you can always go back to yesterday's on-demand show found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. We did a fast forward, and we've got you up to September 5th. That's today's game. Lucas Giolito on the mound against Jake Odorizzi. The White Sox have won 11 of the first 16 games they've played against the Minnesota Twins this year, and they've got two more left. It is the big reason why the White Sox lead by a half game over the Twins with their record at 88-53 and Minnesota having an 88-54 record. An exciting playoff race is coming to a conclusion. We've got a big series this weekend. The Sox won last night. Game two is now. We will head out on the road immediately to Minneapolis. Sox, Twins. Simulated on MLB The Show 20 and brought to you by Socks in the Basement and Family Waterproofing Solutions. From the podcast for fans, by fans, Socks in the Basement. Let's go. <music> Minneapolis, Minnesota, the enemy, and we're at the gate. The White Sox lead by a half game in the American League Central at 88-53, and and we're at target field for Game 2 after the White Sox took Game 1 and lead this series 11-5 on the season. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Lanuti. A pivotal game here in a pennant chase. And Jake Odorizzi has 27 starts on the season and a 9-10 record. He'll take the mound for the Twins with a 5.63 ERA and a whip of 1.55 over 148 and two-thirds innings. He has amassed that stat, which means he's going to put on about a runner and a half per inning, and the Sox need to take advantage. Tim Anderson is currently fifth in the American League batting title race, hitting 324 with 10 homers and 66 RBIs, and he leads off as he has for this entire season. I don't think the Twins expected the White Sox to catch them at any point this season. The Sox have held first place for a few weeks, and now it's been back and forth here before the Sox regained it just yesterday by a half game. Anderson fouls off the first pitch at 6-10, local time, and Owen won the count as Odorizzi, the righty, throws a split finger outside that misses 1-1. I believe both these teams will make the postseason, but neither one of them wants to be in a one-game playoff, basically, as one of the wildcard teams. The 1-1 pitch on the way, this one rifled in the center field. Going to be a can of corn for Buxton. It's all hands on deck here in this series. In fact, Ricky Renteria talking about how important this series is. At this moment, everybody is on the table. Short leashes everywhere. Here's Grandal with 32 home runs. His career high has already been reached in homers, and he's hitting 291. Stands at the left-handed batter's box against the right-handed pitcher. And the first pitch low and away, a split finger, 1-0 the count. 
At the All-Star break, he was clearly on pace for 40 home runs. He can still make that mark, but he has to put eight more over here in this month. The 1-0 pitch. Swing and a miss at a curveball away, 1-1 the count. It has gotten chilly here in September, only 58 degrees in Minnesota, no wind, clear skies. A lot different than the weather back in July. The 1-1 pitch on the way, and an outside split finger misses 2-1. Earl Hendricks is your umpire behind the plate today. We have not seen this crew very much this season, but we see them here in this pivotal series. The 2-1 pitch on the way to... Rondell and an outside curveball misses three and one. Lots of fans out here today. It's September baseball. Two teams fighting for first place. Twins fans looking for a series win, but the only way they're getting that now is if they take the next two games as the Sox took game one last night. And this one's ripped down the first baseline off the leg of the first baseman, flipped over to the pitcher, Odorizzi. And there's one gone. It missed his glove, it hit his leg, otherwise it's a double. Moncada comes to the plate with a career-high 84 RBI at this point, hitting 303 with 23 home runs on the season. And a low inside curveball misses 1-0. Moncada, 7 for 28 lifetime. That's a 350 average, I believe. Yes. Actually, it's a 250 average. I was trying to give him more than what he actually has. No, that's, yeah, that's 250. I'm going to stop trying to do math up here and leave that to Jason Bonetti. He's hitting 303, fouls off that first pitch, takes the ball, now takes another one low, a curveball low and inside. Two and one the count. Scott Merkin joins Sox in the basement on Wednesday. Make that appointment podcast listening as this one's up the middle for a base hit, the first hit of the game for the White Sox here with two outs in the top of the first. In real life, the White Sox and Major League Baseball now getting underway. And to have Merk on is a coup, is a steal. Sacks in the basement. We are going to ask him everything and anything about what's going on right now with these socks. Meanwhile, the Sim Socks have Aloy Jimenez to the plate, 277 average, 23 home runs and 77 RBIs. The 23 home runs best his mark from last year, although I think a lot of people expected him to be a 40 home run hitter. He'll be fortunate to get the 30 before this season is over. First pitch, low and inside, a four-seamer, 1-0. He was out to a great start, 14 home runs midway through May, and then didn't hit another home run until about a week before the All-Star game. The 1-0 pitch on the way, inside misses, 2-0. The power has now come back, and the average has not suffered, and that was the thing with him. A lot of power, bad average. A lot of average, no power. It's all evened out now for Aloy. It's been a long season in his sophomore year, with the club. Foul ball down the first base line. Two and one the count as Mancata continues to lead off of first base with two outs here in the top of the first inning. Into the wind in the pitch. A low one missed. Three and one. This is the last time these two teams will face each other even though they are battling in the standings. Odorizzi looks over to first. Now delivers another pitch. This one rifled out the left center field. Tailing back near the wall. Giving chases Buxton. That one's over. And that's a two-run home run by Jimenez that clears in left center field his 24th of the season out at 415 feet. Statrax has that out at 105.9 miles per hour in the Sox lead with a two-out, two-run home run from Aloy Jimenez. Two to nothing here at Target Field. And that one gave me chills. 
here we are battling to hold on to first and try to beat back the Twins starting off this month of September and to give up two outs right away. Get the single and the two-run bomb from Moncada with the single and Jimenez with the home run. And now here's Abreu hitting 280 with 23 homers and 73 RBI. And he takes a ball outside, 1-0. The next pitch from Odorizzi, down the middle, swung on and missed, 1-1. The pitch that he gave up the home run to Jimenez on was an off-speed pitch. May have been a curveball that didn't curve very much, but it was right down the middle. And Aloy saw food and he feasted. The 1-1 pitch on the way. And that one is fouled off a four-seamer, one and two. Want to thank Family Waterproofing Solutions, if you didn't hear, on our Wednesday show. They are the new proud sponsors of Socks in the Basement. That pitch misses two and two. They've been with us for a while now, and although we still love Cork and Carey dearly and hope to continue to do things with them, everybody's affected in different ways by what's going on with COVID. And I completely understand they need to circle the wagons over there. Because we want a Southside tradition to continue to be that Southside tradition. Swing and a miss. Drop third strike. Rolls to the backstop. The throw down to first base. Pulls him off the bag. It's going to be an error on the catcher. And Abreu is safe on a drop third strike. Now I've seen everything. And Edwin Encarnacion comes at a plate hitting 260 with 32 home runs on the season. With a runner on first. And the Twins just cannot get out of this inning. Good for us. Strike on the outside corner, 0-1. So, mutual decision between us and, and Cork and Carey. Although we will continue to support them here at Socks in the Basement. That's basically our home bar around the ballpark. It is our home bar. And uh, I look forward to raising a glass with all of you when baseball starts in less than a month. 0-2 the count. If I can't get in the ballpark, I might want to sit in the shadow of it once or twice with some social distancing and a cold one. The 0-2 pitch to Edwin. Outside pitch misses on a curveball, 1-2 the count. Meanwhile, Family Waterproofing Solutions, veteran-owned, female-owned, family-owned, Socks in the Basement deals, and now our new proud sponsors. Check them out at FAMWS.com. This ball rocketed out in the left center field. Get up! It is over the wall. No! Hits the top of the wall. That might have hit the crossbar. They're going to have to look at that on the replay. That one... We're going to look at it right now. That looks like it's over the wall, and it hits the fence. They've got these three little bars on the top of the wall, and that's what Edwin hit. It's not a home run because it looks like that post. There are these little braces next to the fence. That is in play, although the fence is probably over the wall. He hits a part that's in play. The ball bounces back. Now Larry Garcia on the first pitch is going to plate Abreu with a single out new right field Edwin who had a double advances the third and the Sox all with two outs and nobody on and put up a three spot so far here in the first inning a big inning in a big moment for this team and this is a young team who has the team that had been running this division who felt like they had this division when the season started and this young upstart team has come in now and has them on their heels as Danny Menda comes to the plate hitting 283, he's won the starting second base job. Seven homers and 36 RBIs, an OPS of 786. He's got runners on first and third. Garcia's over at first base. Encarnacion at third. Pitch outside misses a cut fastball. 
One and one the count. 30 pitches for Jake Odorizzi here in the first inning. He got the first two outs very quickly. And then the White Sox came a knocking with big bats. Inside four, Seamer misses. Two and one the count. So the Sox jumping on the Twins right now. And here's a team that didn't expect this. But they do have more experience than this young White Sox team. But we have a fearless young team right now. They have come into target field where they had no success earlier in the season. And at least early on, they're having some. Two and two to count on a swing and a miss from Mendick. The next pitch is high. Three and two, the count is full. The nine hitter, Roberts, on deck. He comes up. The White Sox will have batted around. All nine will have come to the plate. Full count pitch is high, and he walked him. The bases are loaded for Robert. The American League Rookie of the Month of July and in August. A 303 average in July, a 313 average in August. Louis sitting now on 20 home runs with a 254 average, 58 RBIs, and 45 stolen bases. He has remained in the nine spot all year because why fix anything that isn't broken? And he's finally come alive down there. Ricky Renteria says, it's fine with me. He's got lots of speed. He flips the order. And he's scary when he comes up when somebody's thinking they're getting somebody who isn't that good. That's a curveball down the middle, taken for a strike, 0-1 the count. He still has things to work on. It is his rookie year. And when there's no need to move him up, why do so? Bases are loaded now with two outs here in the top of the first. Three runs already across. That drop third strike that rolls to the backstop and the bad throw down the first base that allows Abreu. I mean, that was almost put down the right field line in foul territory. It allowed Abreu to get the first and extend of the inning. 0-2 now to Robert. The next pitch on the way, swung on and fouled back a curveball below the knees he's protecting there. Count remains 0-2. Encarnacion on third, Garcia on second, Mendick on first. The next offering is low and away and misses. 1-2 the count. Robert, after going 0-2, fouls one off and now takes a pitch. And now takes another one low below the knees, 2-2. Two two. Oda Rizzi will throw his 40th pitch of the game on this very next one. And no matter what happens, the White Sox have given him a ride here in the first inning. But a big hit from Robert right here could bust this game open right away. 2-2 two two the count, the pitch on the way. Inside, check swing, did he go? They're going to say no, he did not. The appeal down the first base does not go the way of the Twins, and the count is full. A walk scores a run, a hit scores a run. The payoff pitch on the way. Strike down the middle, and he took it. I'm probably wrong about the down the middle part. It was high and outside, but it was definitely in the zone, fully in the zone. That's a pitch you hit. Robert regrets it. Meanwhile, the White Sox leave three on, but scored three and leave three nothing midway through the first. Lucas Giolito. 28 starts and a 10-10 record, a 4.31 ERA, a 1.34 whip, 157 strikeouts, over 160.2 innings, 140 hits and 75 walks given up over those innings as well. Lucas has had an up-and-down season, although he came out with a masterful, masterful game the last time out to get himself to 10-10 on the season. It has been a rough one for Giolito, all year long but I would say his second half has still been better than his first half and if the arrow is at least pointing up a little bit that's a big deal 
inside pitch. Call the strike to Byron Buxton, who's hitting 266 and leading off for the Twins, who already trail 3 0 as they come up for the first time in this game. Count now 1 and 1 even. Lucas looks into his catcher, Yasmani Grandal, who goes down on one knee on the inside portion of the plate. Buxton tries to lay down a bunt and can't get it down. Strike two, he missed it completely on an outside pitch. One and two the count. Giolito working quickly. Grandal sets up on the outside portion. An outside pitch, he does not chase a slider. Two and two the count is even. Oakland leading Texas 2-1 right now. That game's about to go final. They started early. Check swing, he did not go. Count is full now. Lucas stares in. First battery faces, has gone full in five pitches. And now he walks him on the outside corner. So he had Buxton, one and two in the count. Lets him off the hook and walks the leadoff man, who's got incredible speed. Jorge Polanco is going to come to the plate. He's hitting 324. He, along with Tim Anderson, at one point were tied for the AL batting lead in about mid-August. Hitting 324 with 24 homers and 73 RBIs. That home run count of 24 is a career high. The lefty stands in with Buxton on first, who's likely going to be running the second at some point. And an outside four-seamer misses, 1-0 the count. It's important for Giolito to not just give these runs back in a big game. Meanwhile, let's go around the horn. Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. Abreu at first, Mendick at second, Anderson at short, Mancada at third. Jimenez in left, Robert in center, and Larry Garcia got the start in right. Change up on the lower inside portion of the zone. A strike called, one and one the count. Into the line, and now this one down the line. One hopper to Abreu, down the second base, and he pulls Anderson off of the bag. That's going to be an error on Abreu. Instead of taking the out, he decides he's going to try to get Buxton. That's a lot of speed there. He caught the ball going towards first and tried to spin and throw. He pulls Anderson off the bag, and everybody's safe. And Abreu's got to regret that mistake because you could have at least taken one out there. Instead, you got two on and no out. And here's Luis Arias. Got the third highest average in the American League, hitting 328. He's got 13 home runs and 61 RBI. Second baseman for the Twins has come into his own this year. And he's batting in the three spot today. Meanwhile, they have an MVP candidate on this team and Josh Donaldson. Ground ball back to Giolito. Flip to Anderson over to first. And one pitch solves some problems there. Buxton will advance to third, but that's a double play. Two gone here in the bottom of the first inning. Arias does him a favor, and here's Sano. Miguel Sano has 40 home runs and 126 RBI so far this season. That would be incredible as a finish, but he has still another month to go. He is a clear-cut MVP candidate. When we saw him early in the year, he's batting at the bottom of the order. He has moved his way up. He bats in the four spot and is quickly one and one on a swinging strike, low and inside. Sitting 298 on the year. He's only 26 years old. He gets into nothing but trouble and yet continues to get out of it. Accused at one point in his career of forcibly grabbing a female reporter and then accused of some issues this year 
in his home country. Swing and a miss there. Giolito sits him down. He went after him quick. Didn't throw anything really in the zone. And Sano just wanted it so bad he swung through it all. After one, 3-0 White Sox here in Minnesota. Tim Anderson led off the first inning with a flyout. He leads off the second inning, and the White Sox lead 3-0 here in the top of the second inning at Target Field. Jake Odorizzi needed 41 pitches for the first inning. Throws a ball outside to lead off this one, 1-0 the count. He's working quickly into the wind in the pitch. And a strike down the middle, a split finger, 1-1. One one. The Indians finally made their way out to Colorado. We did that very early in the season, but everybody's going to be playing the same teams in their interleague games. They beat up on the Rockies, who are down now. They were riding high when we got them. They beat them up 11-1 today, so they got a win. The Indians are not out of this yet. Trailing both the Twins and the White Sox. They're three and a half. Behind the Minnesota Twins, four back from the Sox. Swing and a miss there, two and two. The count is even. Odorizzi into the line in the pitch. This one ripped down the third baseline foul. Just past the tarp. Two and two the count. Odorizzi. Very slight movement on the mound. Now almost hits Anderson in the shoulder. T.A. did not dive out of the box. He just turned like he was going to take that pitch off his shoulder and take his base. And it barely missed him. He looked surprised. He braced to be hit. 3-2 pitch on the way. This one ripped out in the right field, falling fast. It will be caught, though. Nice play out right for the first out of the second inning. As Monty Grandal now comes to the plate. Grandal is 0 for 1. Odorizzi into the line and the pitch. Swing and a miss on an inside four-seamer at 94 miles an hour. His last game, 1 for 4 yesterday. In that game against the Twins, he had a home run. A big reason the White Sox... Got that victory. Ball inside misses, one and one the count. He has been a revelation, and whenever you can have him bat from the left-handed side of the plate here in target field, where lefties get that wind tunnel out in right field, we've talked about it, we've seen firsthand in game broadcast what happens with that tunnel as Grandal rips one into that tunnel, but it's going to curve just foul before it gets to the pole. Big, deep strike, two and two the count. And he was looking for it right there. The 2-2 pitch on the way. This one is fouled back, a split finger inside. Count remains even at two. Odorizzi continues the deal at a quickened pace. Down the first baseline, foul this one. Count remains even. On deck, Yohan Mancata already one for one in this game with a run scored. Swing and a miss at a ball in the dirt. And that's going to end the at-bat for Grandal. Two gone. Third strikeout of the game for Odorizzi. And Yo-Yo Moncada comes to the plate. He's got a 9-10 OPS, getting on base at 356 clip. This team does not walk very often. We don't have any guys with, like, you know, an on-base percentage in the middle of the order that's strikingly different from their batting average. Yo-Yo is hitting over 300. So that one's fouled down the first baseline. He's 0-1. They seem to get him, though, when it matters. I don't know how to explain that. A four-seamer high misses, one and one the count with two outs to Moncada. Remember, he had a two-out base hit in the first inning. Home run immediately after that by Jimenez. A drop third strike with an error on the catcher. 
gets a Brayu on base, and the Sox tack down another run before the Twins could escape a bases-loaded situation. And Luis Robert at the plate with a full count. That pitch gets across, one and two the count, with two outs here in the top of the second inning. The one-two pitch on the way. Inside swung on, bad pitch to swing at. He tied up Moncada. He went for something way too inside, about thigh level. He goes down swinging. Three runs on four hits and an error for the Sox. No runs, no hits, one error for the Twins. We're midway through to second here at Target Field. And Nelson Cruz is going to come to the plate hitting 320 with a 4.21 on on-base percentage. That is second highest in the majors. 28 homers and 81 RBIs for Nelson. Batting in the five spot. This team can hit. The pitching has been the thing that the White Sox have gotten after. That's the reason why. Because the Sox can match their bats. They have shown that this year. The additions of Grandal as that's a strike on the inside corner from Giolito. And Encarnacion. The surge of Luis Robert in July and August. Nomar Mazzaro becoming respectable. Aloy Jimenez and Juan Mancada progressing the way that we expected or hoped for. All of these things are factors in the White Sox having an offense. And Danny Mendick, what a revelation. They talk about Luis Robert being a rookie of the year. How is Danny Mendick not considered? Did he really play that many games since September? Swing and a miss on a slider inside. Two and two. This count is even. To the 320 hitting Cruz. Giolito into the wind in the pitch and fouls back a 12 to 6 curveball. Still two and two. We've got two guys on this team that could be rookie of the year candidates. That doesn't happen normally. Ground ball, base hit in between Anderson and Mancada out in the left field. And the leadoff man is on for the second straight inning. Giolito sitting on 20 pitches. Donaldson's going to come to the plate. Remember the tear he was on in the first couple months of the season. He led in every category offensively in baseball. He's currently hitting 304 with 36 home runs. That's fifth in the American League and 110 RBI. So I read those Sano stats. Their six hitter is what? 14 RBI behind Sano and four home runs behind him. Still hitting over 300. This team is a beast of an offensive machine. Three to nothing is not going to hold likely. Swing and a miss on a four-seamer high. 0-1 the count. Now Donaldson is one for nine with five strikeouts against Lucas Giolito in his career. Several of those this season alone. Runner on first. Doesn't have a lot of speed. That's Cruz. The pitch on the way. Low and away. Doesn't get the call. A four-seamer misses. 1-1 the count. Eddie Rosario stands on deck. Now a 12-6 curveball foul back. 1-2 is the count. Overall this season, the White Sox have done very well against Donaldson as that slider's fouled off. The pitchers have done good moving the ball inside-outside. You have to give a lot of credit to Grandal and even McCann. He has a ton of strikeouts against the White Sox this year. And that average is down in the 200s, the low 200s, against the White Sox compared to his over 300 average on the season. He has hit two home runs against us this year, though. Two and two, the count is even. Runner on first, no outs here in the bottom of the second inning. That pitch is lifted into left field deep. I am never going to talk ill about Josh Donaldson again and how he's done against the White Sox as that one is over. About six, seven rows back. 
372 feet. It gets out of here at 100.1 miles per hour. We have a 3-2 ball game, and Donaldson has his 37th home run of the season. And the excitement is back inside this stadium for the Twins. We are finally getting a taste of what it's like to play meaningful games in September, heading towards the postseason. And everything seems to matter a little bit more, and this was a well-hit ball and a big blast for Josh Donaldson. And Eddie Rosario comes to the plate now, hitting 242 with 20 bombs and 65 RBI. He's the seven hitter. So much offense on this Twins team. It's three to two now. There's still no outs in the bottom of the second. Sox got three with two outs in the first. Twins get two with no outs here in the second. Strike down the middle, one and one the count. Giolito with his 30th pitch. Is low a ball, 12-6 curveball, 2-1 the count. Two hits in this inning for the Twins. One was at home run. This one lifted in the shallow left field. Jimenez camps underneath it. He'll make the play. There's one gone here in the bottom of the second inning. You know, these two teams are fighting for first place. Meanwhile, out in Colorado, the Indians are winning. They're not done yet. Mitch Garver comes to the plate. He's got an error in this game that gave an unearned run to the White Sox. Both starters have given up two earned runs in this game. It's a 3-2 game. Fouls that one off. 0-1 the count. Garver's hitting 259. Stands in the right-handed batter's box. Takes it inside for Seamer for ball one, one and one. The kick in the pitch from Giolito low and away a 12-6 curveball. And the count is now 2-1 here at target field. And now an outside four Seamer misses 3-1. And, and Lucas can't back off here. You can't be shell-shocked after a home run. Started off as the ace on this team. But in the end, he has not performed like one of the four starters that have been going for this team since opening day. Is this a line-out directly to Mendick? And there's two gone. And here comes Jake Cave. Cave came up in September call-ups, hit 417, and was an all-star in the International League. And an outside four-seamer misses 1-0 the count. So a September call-up getting a start here. Batting in the ninth spot for the Twins. Inside pitch misses 2-0 the count. I was going to say about Giolito, you have four guys that started the season in their rotation. Giolito, Keuchel, Gonzalez, and Reynaldo Lopez that are still in the rotation. Dylan Cease was moved to the bullpen when Carlos Rodon came up. The guy who's underperformed more than anybody of those four is Giolito. Two and two now on that strike. Next offering fouled off. If the Sox went to the postseason, you would have real debate the way that Reynaldo Lopez has pitched and the way that Gio Gonzalez has pitched about where you're going to place everybody. Swing and a miss there. Lucas sits him down. He's got plenty of time, though, this month to prove he belongs as a featured arm in the big games, after two, 3-2 White Sox. We're on the top of the third inning. It's the Family Waterproofing Solutions third inning. Family Waterproofing Solutions. Owned by Ken and Maria. Ken's a, a Marine. And that, that, that's, a, that's a real dude, man. Shake Ken's hand. You're like, whoo. That, that's, that's a man right there. 
He also does really good work. He's an honest guy. I always say about people when they ask about family waterproofing solutions, I go, look them up. Look up their Better Business Bureau rating. Look up the reviews. Look up the comments in their Facebook account. Like, people love them and what they do. They've got financing. They've got low prices. They've got socks in the basement deals. As Aloy Jimenez steps in, he's got a two-run home run in this game. He's now 6-for-13 lifetime against Odorizzi with two bombs in his career, and he's 0-1 in the count. And they're now the proud sponsors of Socks in the Basement. And they are signed through the end of 2020. And they will be one of the big reasons you're going to get Socks in the Basement each and every week. Brown ball, the short, flipped over to first. There's one gone. And here comes Abreu. Socks in the Basement back on our regular schedule with Wednesday podcast of 30 minutes. Our 30 minutes of good, our 30 minutes of Socks. On demand each and every Wednesday with myself and Dave from the 9-foot homemade Oak Power. This one popped up directly to the first baseman. There's two gone. Jose Abreu is down before I can even talk about him. So the Sox going down quickly here for Odorizzi, and he needs this kind of an inning. And here's Edwin. Encarnacion had a double that just barely stayed in this ballpark. He's 0-1 in the count here with two outs in the top of the third. Swing and a miss at a curveball, low and away, 0-2. Odorizzi looking sharper the second time through the White Sox lineup. He is approaching them differently, and the Sox are going to have to adjust right back to what he's doing. The 0-2 pitch with two outs here in the top of the third inning on the way. Swung on and missed, and Edwin goes down on three pitches. The Twins are pumped. They had a rough first inning, but they're only down by a run here. We are midway through the third, leading 3-2 in target field. Here's Byron Buxton. He walked in the first inning. He's hitting 266. And Byron, who reached on a walk, a leadoff walk in the first inning, was stranded at third base. Takes a ball high. 1-0 the count from Giolito. Lucas needed 42 pitches to get through the first two innings. Now gives up a deep fly ball to right field. Garcia running back, calls off Robert and catches it in the gap near the track. And there's one gone. Here comes Jorge Polanco, he's 0 for 1. Reached on an error in the first inning. A mistake made by Abreu that luckily was erased on the very next pitch with a double play. There is a shift on Mendick. The second baseman is in shallow right field. Anderson's on the other side of second. Mancata's over at third for Polanco in the left-handed batter's box. And he's one and one as that one misses on the outside corner. Beautiful day here in Minnesota. Chile here in September. They love the cold. Most of them still in shirt sleeves even though the temperature is in the 50. One and two the count on a swing and a miss on the outside corner off speed pitch. Lucas comes right back to the outside. He does not reach for a 12-6 curveball. That's where Yasmani was set up, count even at two. He'll set up on the outside portion of the plate again. They go outside. This one lifted, pop-up to Moncada. He barely moves from short, makes the catch. There's two gone here in the bottom of the third inning. Nobody on, and Luis Arias, who saw one pitch and grounded into a double play back to Giolito, will come to the plate. The left-handed hitting second baseman is having quite a season this year. And he immediately laces one out in the right field. Coming on, Larry. He'll dive, and it goes off his glove. 
he lands on top of the ball. Arias will hold it first as Garcia gets up on his knees, looking like he's ready to throw to second. He was short enough in the outfield that he could have made that throw. So it's going to be a single great effort by Leary, who laid out to try to make that play. So a two-out hit, and here comes a dangerous hitter, Miguel Sano. Like I said, this is a guy that around the league right now could be the MVP. At least that's where he sits right now at the beginning of September. He is 3-for-23, though, lifetime against Lucas Giolito. He struck out the first time up. And Lucas gets in the foul off an inside pitch, 0-1 the count. So maybe Giolito, hopefully Giolito, has his number. This one low fouled off, and he's quickly 0-2. He didn't give him anything in the zone the first time, and he made him chase. He's done that so far here. Next pitch inside. He does not come around on it. One and two the count here with two outs in the bottom of the third. Arias, pretty good speed if somebody puts the ball on the play, but not a stolen base guy. This one lifted softly in the right field. Garcia underneath it. Leary puts it away. And the inning is over. We are through with three. We are in a one-run game. And the 7-8-9 hitters for the White Sox coming up here in the top of the fourth. Here comes little Leary Garcia. He almost made a spectacular play. Held Arias to a single and then caught the final out of that last inning and takes an inside four-seamer for a ball. 1-0 the count. So Sox in the basement, the regular podcast back on Wednesdays, 30 minutes of good, 30 minutes of Sox, available on demand when you wake up on Wednesdays, as it always has been for the last two years. And during that time, we've been fortunate enough, according to an awful lot of third-party reporters, to be the most downloaded White Sox podcast in the land. It's just me and my buddy Dave talking honestly as fans, and we appreciate all the support. And I've had an awful lot of fun doing these simulated broadcasts. Trust me. 2-1 the count to Garcia. Fouls off an inside cut fastball 2-2. Two and, two. and we're bringing in the guests now this month. Scott Merkin joining us on Wednesday after Joe Binder from Sox on 35th joined us this past Wednesday. That's still on demand. And working on some pretty big names as we lead in to the return of White Sox baseball at the end of the month. An inside pitch. Jam shot. Slow grounder to short. He almost beat it out. But unfortunately, Garcia is out by half a step on a nice play from Polanco. We had to run in and get that on the grass. There's one gone, and Danny Mende comes to the plate. First pitch down the third base line. That ball goes off the glove of Sano and bounces. Base hit for Mendick. And Danny's on. Miguel Sano. I don't even think it hit his glove. I think it hit the bag. It did. It hit the bag. He had his glove over the bag. It bounces straight up in the air over the top of Sano and lands behind him. Mendick is standing at first base, and now here's Luis Robert, first pitch, a pitch out. Mendick's not going anywhere. 1-0 the count to Luis. Robert's 0 for 1. And now lifts this one into left field, into the glove of Eddie Rosario. And quickly, now we have two outs in the top of the fourth inning. Tim Anderson will come to the plate. He's 0 for 2. Got a fly out and a ground out. He's got good speed on board at first in Mendick. First pitch taken for a strike. 0-1 the count. 
Two outs, top of the fourth inning. Sox lead three to two. Mendick breaks for second base. This pitch is low. Call the ball. The throw down. He is safe underneath the tag on a head first slide. And Danny Mendick moves himself in the scoring position on the 0-1 count. Nice stolen base effort there. He's in well before the tag head first. And now a 1-1 count to Anderson with two outs here in the top of the fourth inning. And a runner able to score on a base hit. This pitch swung on and missed a four-seamer. He put that one right down the middle and challenged T.A., whose average has been slowly going down. Still in the top ten. I think he's fifth coming into the race today for the batting title. But the average has dropped ten points in the last week and a half. This one out in the left field is going to be a base hit. Mendick is going to hold. Rosario's got a gun. He was just getting to third base as Eddie was going into his throw home. And the stop sign went up, and Danny slides to a stop and dives back to third base. A single for T.A. There's runners on first and third with two outs, and here comes Grandal with a strikeout and a ground out. A dangerous left-handed hitter. And an inside cut fastball misses. 1-0 the count. Yasmani hitting 290, 32 homers, 91 RBI. The next offering on the way, swung on and missed a curveball, dipping low right at the knees. Started off high. That had a lot of curve to it. Homer Bailey and Rich Hill warm up for the Twinkies. They got a righty and a lefty. They're their two long relievers. We've seen them do that before. When a starter gets into trouble and throws a lot of pitches, those guys are on after four innings, sometimes before it. One and two the count now, though, to Grandal and a swing and a miss on the outside corner. Odorizzi's up to 81 pitches so far. Sox only lead by one here. A hit would be big. And hopefully, Yasmani can find a way to get the wood on the ball. Swung on, sent over to second base. Arias makes a nifty play, sliding to his knees near the grass at second base and gets Grandal. Midway through the fourth, the Sox threaten. They don't come up with any runs, but still lead 3-2. to two. Are you or someone you know looking to learn how to play a musical instrument this year? Then you should be checking out Westgate Music School, 6527 West 127th Street in Palos Heights. Private music lessons for all instruments, including guitar, piano, drums, voice, bass guitar, violin, banjo, ukulele, and more. Are you a vocalist? Are you ready to play a musical instrument and looking to join a group? Westgate Music School offers group classes for rock band, acapella vocal, and barbershop quartet. Students of all ages and ability levels will have the opportunity to perform three times a year in a student concert. Gift certificates for Westgate are also available. More information, call 708-586-7002 or go to westgatemusicschool.com. Here's Nelson Cruz. He's one for one in this game. He had a single and scored after a big home run from Josh Donaldson. That's how the Twins got their two runs in the second inning. Lucas Giolito still holds a 3-2 lead. 54 pitches through three innings. The first pitch low and outside. Shift on here. Mendix moved over to the other side of second. Abreu's all alone on one side of the infield. As Cruz, the right-handed hitter, likes to pull the ball. The 1-0 pitch on the way. Strike high in the zone. 1-1 one one the count. 95 miles an hour there from Giolito. The Blue Jays beat the Rays 6-4 as the 
Tampa Bay Rays continue to lose a lot of games here in the second half of the season. They're now well under 500. The Blue Jays still have an outside chance at the wild card, but they are way back. Almost at double digits. Curveball outside misses, 2-2 two two the count. In the end, between the American League Central and the American League West, there are five teams all vying for four playoff spots. Somebody's going to be the odd man out. As a ball high and inside makes this count full at 3-2, and two. Donaldson's on deck. Giolito into the wind, and the pitch on the way. That one's high and misses, and he walks the leadoff man. He has put the leadoff man on in three of the first four innings that he has pitched, and Ricky Renteria can't be happy with that because now here's Cruz on yet again. And the last time he got on was a base hit, the leadoff, the second. Now he's on with a walk, and here comes Donaldson, who had a two-run home run the last time he faced Giolito. Lucas is up to 60 pitches, and Josh Donaldson is seeing the ball well. Swing and a miss on that one. He was trying to hit another one. Big whiff. Owen won the count. The next offering. Strike on the inside corner. Taken by Donaldson. Owen 2 Twins fans are all standing up, or I would say at least two-thirds of them right now, cheering. Like every time he comes to the plate, he's going to hit a two-run home run. This one, back up the middle, off the leg of Giolito, and Anderson can't handle it because it goes off of Giolito's leg. Ball comes in to T.A. from center. It's a base hit. There's two on and no out here in the bottom of the fourth inning. And they're going to come out to the mound and check on Lucas now. After that ball went off his leg, I don't think it hit him that hard, but it's a good excuse for the trainer to talk to him a little bit longer and the coaching staff to make sure we're on the same page here in a 3-2 game. 63 total pitches so far, 38 for strikes, 25 not in the strike zone. No outs here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Giolito checks the runner at second, the lead runner, the pitch to Eddie Rosario. A strike down the middle on a two-seamer. Rosario's 0-for-1 with a flyout in the second inning. Hitting 241 with a 305 on base percentage and slugging 410. A down year for Eddie, even though he has 20 home runs. The left-handed hitting outfielder, 0-1, takes an outside curveball. 1-1 the count. That might have actually been a circle change. It looks so much like the curveball when Giolito throws it. A lot of times I find myself calling his off-speed pitches just off-speed pitches. As this one now is lifted into center field, Robert is running back. He will plant his feet and make the catch. The runners will hold. He got it in quickly to T.A. He ran straight back, turned around, found the ball again, and made the play. That was a run to the spot out there. One gone here in the bottom of the fourth, and here comes Garver, 0 for 1 with a line out in the second inning. He's 1 for 6 in this series so far with 2 RBI. Had those yesterday. Remember, he had a big hit against the White Sox earlier in the season with a walk-off home run here in Target Field. It was really, I think, the game that Alex Colome or Alex Colome lost the closing job. It was right around that time, a long time ago. 0-2 the count now as he swings at the second pitch after taking the first. So quickly 0-2, one out here in the bottom of the fourth. Giolito working quickly with two on. This one, jam shot, popped up. Abreu going to call it. Infield fly is called by the umpires. The second out, everybody holds. 
And here comes this Jake Cave kid. He struck out in the second inning. Since he came up as a September call-up, he has played in almost every game. Five for 13. Did not start the season for the Twins. Although he has been in the major leagues before looking at his stats. 2-0 the count. The pitch on the way. Strike on the outside corner. 2-1. and one. Fastball there. The bullpen's working for the Sox. Jace Fry's out there. Tossing with Jimmy Cordero. Next offering low swung on. He fooled him on that one. Ugly swing. 2-2 two two the count. Two on. Two out. The first two batters got on for the Twins. The Sox got the next two outs. Outside four, Seamer just misses the zone. And Giolito is disgusted with that call. It was close. He does not get the call. The count is full with Buxton standing on deck. He does not want to load the bases here. This one swung on and missed. He got him on a circle change up on the outside corner. Cave unable to get that circle change. He threw it three times and then at bat all three for strikes. And we're through four, still leading three to two. Yuan Mancata comes to the plate. One for two. Jake Odorizzi remains in the game on 82 pitches. Three and two is the score. Three for the Sox and two for the Twins here in the top of the fifth inning. The pitch on the way. Check swing, call the strike, and a cut fastball. Mancata's eight for 22 lifetime against Odorizzi with a couple of home runs. Standing in that left-handed batter's box, 0-1. Curveball. He was way out in front of it. He was looking for something else. He's now 0-2 on a swing and a miss. Garver sets up on the inside portion of the plate. The pitch from the righty, way inside, almost hits Moncada. He moves out of the way. Count is now 1-2. We were talking earlier about the Blue Jays, who won today 6-4 at home against Tampa Bay, and the fact they're not actually eliminated from the wild card, but really it's a five-team race between two AL West teams and three... American League Central teams for five spots in the postseason. Each division will get their winner in. The other three teams will be fighting for those two wildcard spots. That's a curveball outside. Three and two the count. The Angels and the Astros keep going back and forth, just like the White Sox and the Twins for the division leads. And the Indians are still in the picture for sure. Chasing a wildcard spot. This one lifted out into left field, opposite field, off the wall, into second base, standing up is Joan Mancada. A well-hit ball. It landed on the track and bounced on one hop off the wall. Rosario picks it up and gets it in. And Yo-Yo's got a double to lead off this inning. And they're done looking at Jake Odorizzi. The Minnesota Twins coaching staff has come out to get him. And he is done for the day. We have faced him several times this year. Every time we have faced him, he has left losing the game. We have not won all of those games. And that's because the Twins go to a very deep bullpen. Several starters turn into long relievers. Homer Bailey's the guy coming out here. The righty's 10-4, has thrown 155 innings out of the pen. He's got an ERA of 4.39. And opponents are hitting in the 250s against him, either righty or lefty. And he will come on and face Aloy Jimenez, who's three for six with a homer and two RBIs 
in this series. He had a two-run home run earlier. This one lifted out the right center field on the first pitch. It's going to get into the gap and get to the wall. Jimenez on his way to second. Mancada's going to score, and it is four to two White Sox on the first pitch from Homer Bailey, and Jimenez has three of the RBIs the White Sox have in this game, and his 22nd double of the season. Big hit from Aloy. He goes Apple into right center field, right into the gap, and knocks in Yo-Yo Moncada. There's still no outs here in the top of the fifth inning. And Jose Abreu comes up 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a pop-out, although he reached first base on that drop third strike, which extended an inning and allowed the White Sox to get a third run in the first inning. And we now lead 4-2 to two after Jimenez's double and his third RBI of the game. Home run and a double so far for Aloy. That pitch fouled off 0-1 to Abreu. Bailey now throws one low and inside a split finger, 1-1 the count. A lot of people might have thought that Jose Abreu would react adversely to being dropped down to the five spot in the order. But he actually improved his batting average. The power numbers went up. Everything got better. And he still hits a lot of times in the three spot against a left-handed pitcher, depending on who's available that day. Inside four seamer. It's a strike two and two. Back to what I was talking about with the division. The White Sox and the Twins fighting for the Central. The Angels and the Astros fighting for the West. The two teams right now that would end up in second place, likely your two wildcard teams, they're pretty much even in the standings as well. Everybody separated those four teams by about a game and a half from top to bottom. And then the Indians are still in this thing. And Abreu takes a walk and an outside curveball. And there's runners on first and second now. And still no outs here on the top of the fifth inning. And Homer Bailey has thrown seven pitches, given up a double, a walk, and a run that was not charged to him, of course, because he inherited it. And here comes Edwin Encarnacion. He's one for two with a double that almost got out of here in the first inning. It's hitting 261, slugging 522. Tied for the lead in home runs on this team at 32 home runs with Yasmani Grandal. And a high outside knuckle curve called the ball 1-0 this count. He has grounded in the 12 double plays this season. I think Abreu had that mark before he got to June, which is one of the reasons why he ended up in the five spot eventually. Inside four, Seamer misses 2-0. Jimenez on second, Abreu on first. Two to nothing, simulated sacks, brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions, FAMWS.com, the proud sponsors of Socks in the Basement. 3-0 on that pitch inside. Bailey could walk Encarnacion. Now this one down the middle, swung on and missed. He had the green light on 3-0. That was a fastball down the middle, and he just missed it. Even when you know what's coming, you're guessing it, and you're swinging as well as Edwin does. Sometimes it's not automatic. Now he's going to follow off a 95-mile-an-hour fastball in the inside corner that was definitely in the zone. He goes from 3-0 to 3-2. The count is full. No outs here in the top of the fifth. Bailey checks the lead runner at second and delivers. And a high four-seamer, and he walked him. That was a close pitch. Twins bullpen, rather their bench, chirping right now at the home plate umpire. They thought that was strike three. Instead, the bases are loaded now with no outs here on the top of the fifth inning. And the Sox have a chance to bust this game open, leading 4-2. to two. 
Homer Bailey is the guy that they went to after Odorizzi gives up a leadoff double. All Bailey's done since then is give up a double of his own and two walks. Larry Garcia swings and misses at a four-seam fastball in the inside corner. 0-1 the count. He's hitting 358 with runners in scoring position this year. A great mark for Larry. And a great story for a guy that was here during what a lot of people consider the first rebuild that didn't work out, and then the second rebuild. And he made it all the way through. And now we got a good team. Fouls that one off down the third baseline, 0-2 the count. He is the Swiss Army knife for this team. Be interesting to see if Renteria uses him the same way as we did in the 60-game season coming up at the end of the month. Fouls off that inside pitch, 0-2 the count. The versatility and the ability to move him around and keep him in the order and spell guys has been such a big advantage. As a fastball misses outside, one and two. Bases loaded, no outs here in the top of the fifth. Bailey to the plate, swung on back up the middle. He kicks it towards third. The only play is going to be to second. Sano is going to get Edwin Encarnacion at second base on the fielder's choice, but the run is going to score. Bailey's going to get checked out by the training staff. It went off his leg, his kicking leg, the one that's left up in the air after he delivers. And he's walking around right now with the catcher. Now he's going to wave everybody back, tell him he's okay. The run scores for the Sox. Almost a base hit right back up the middle that would have scored two, maybe. Encarnacion is the slowest runner on the base path, so they went after him. So no, smartly... His only play really was there. He wasn't going to get Garcia. Line drive down the first baseline. Caught out of the air on a diving play. And there's already now two outs. That got picked right off the ground. Danny Mendick thought he had a base hit. It gets stolen away. And there's two gone now here in the top of the fifth inning. Robert comes at a plate 0 for 2 with runners on first and third and two gone here in the top of the fifth. The Sox have gotten one run in, but they had the bases loaded with no outs after scoring a run earlier in the inning. And have only gotten one run since then. A low four-seamer misses. Two have missed in a row from Bailey. He's 2-0 in the count. Let's be honest. He's not been very accurate. If the ball doesn't go off his leg, it's a base hit. Instead, it turned into a fielder's choice. And a brilliant play picking a line drive right before it hits the dirt down the first base line. And that's the only reason that he's gotten any outs in this inning. Now a swing and a miss on a split finger inside. Two and one the count to Robert. Luis pulled off a little bit in Tampa Bay. Didn't do too well yesterday, and now he's 0 for 2 and swings and misses at that one. He's 2 and 2 in the count. Red hot in July and August, but maybe due for a day off. Swung on, down the third baseline, foul. Count remains even at two. Runners remain at first and third. This one grounded on the first baseline, just foul. Count remains even at two. Garcia, always a threat to go over at first. Next offering again down the first baseline, he just can't get it in fair territory. The 2-2 pitch on the way. This one popped up. Shallow center field. Buxton stands underneath it. And the inning is over. The White Sox get two runs here in the top of the fifth inning. Could have gotten a lot more. 
but we still lead 5-2 midway through the fifth in Minnesota. Byron Buxton comes into play. Bottom of the fifth inning. 75 pitches so far for Lucas Giolito. He'll pitch the fifth at least, or he'll start it off. Buxton's four for 16 lifetime. It's a 250 average with a home run against Lucas. He's 0 for 1 in this game, and he's drawn a walk. That pitch outside, 1-0 to count. To start off the bottom of the fifth inning, Sox lead by three. I doubt Minnesota is done. 12-6 curveball misses, 2-0. Now Lucas into the wind in the pitch. That pitch misses 3-0 on a circle change. So not coming out sharp after looking very good to finish off an inning in which he got into a jam early on in the fourth. 3-0 count, the pitch on the way. That's a strike on the outside corner, 3-1. Sox had sat them down earlier, but Jimmy Cordero and Jace Fry back up again and throwing in the pen. They sat down after that last inning. They have just gotten back up again. Outside pitch, swung on and missed. 3-2, the count is full. To the leadoff man this inning and the leadoff man for the Twins all season long, basically, Byron Buxton. Although sometimes Buxton drops all the way to the nine spot against left-handed pitchers. This one down the third baseline, foul. Counts full. No outs, bomb at a fifth. Payoff pitch from Giolito on the way. Strike three on the inside corner taken. Buxton can't believe his eyes. That's clearly in the zone. Fourth strikeout for Giolito. There's one gone here in the bottom of the fifth inning, and here comes Jorge Polanco. He's 0 for 2 with a pop-out. He also reached on an error into the wind in the pitch. And an inside four-seamer misses. 1-0 the count. 5 for 22 lifetime against Lucas Giolito. But the guy is red hot. In fact, he's been hot all year long. Inside slider misses 2-0. So Lucas having a hard time with the strike zone early on. Earlier on, he was finding those corner pitches. Now, he's not. Circle changeup misses quickly 3-0. Luis Arias stands on deck hitting 329. Third time through the order for Giolito. The 3-0 pitch on the way, and he walked him on four on a high four-seamer. And he looks a little frustrated now with Arias coming to the plate. The Sox are going to go out there and talk with him real quick. A little bit of a conversation happening on the mound now. 86 total pitches. 50 strikes. 36 outside the zone. And the Sox are going to go to the bullpen. And they're going to go get Jace Fry. 48 games pitched. 37 innings. 12 holds. 4-2 record. 3.65 ERA. 50 strikeouts to 21 walks. Righties are hitting 187 against him. Lefties hitting 250. Arias doesn't match up very well against lefties as he is a lefty hitter. You got a runner on first and one out, and that's it for Lucas Giolito, who goes four and a third, giving up two runs. And as Ricky Renteria said, these games mean so much. Short leashes for everybody. Brian misses high there, and now misses inside, and he's 2-0 quickly to Arias. And that's not what you want when you bring out a guy from the bullpen. They're leading 5-2 here. Jimmy Cordero continues the warm, although Fry has to face the next three, which includes Miguel Sano standing on deck, and then Nelson Cruz. Inside pitch called a strike. 2-1 the count on a two-seam fastball. 
Five to two White Sox here in the bottom of the fifth. One out. Polanco stands on first base after being walked on four straight pitches. Pretty good speed from first to third. Unlikely to try to steal second. Swing and a miss on a curveball away. He chased it. Two and two now to Arias. So Fry starting to find it after missing the plate on the first two. They were close. Jace Fry has had to adjust from being a guy that just comes in basically and faces one guy as a loogie to a guy that can get multiple outs in an inning. Swing and a miss. That one in the dirt. He'll put the tag on Arias. And that's a strikeout for Fry. One gone, then two gone. And hopefully three gone with Miguel Sano coming to the plate now. This will be an interesting at bat. Miguel likes to hit lefties better than he likes to hit righties, and he's an MVP candidate. And a cut fastball on the outside, 1-0. and He's 0 for 2 today with a strikeout and a flyout. With two outs here in the bottom of the fifth inning. The 1-1 pitch on the way. Got a strike on the outside corner, 1-1. One one. So Fry working away, trying not to give him anything in the zone that he can drive. Likely you're trying to pitch around him here to get to Cruz, who has a little bit of a harder time against lefties, but now a cut fastball low and away, hits the corner. He gets the call. Both strikes were taken by Sano here on the outside corner. He's looking for something in the zone. Fry is yet to give it to him. One and two the count, two outs here in the bottom of the fifth. The pitch on the way. He goes outside again, can't get the zone. Curveball away, two and two. So Fry away, 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 and away. And all four pitches, and he's two and two to Sano. Polanco leads off of first, the pitch. Away, swung on and missed. Miguel Sano could not hold back. He wanted to make contact so bad, he went for a pitch that was a foot and a half outside and over the middle of the other batter's box. We're going to the top of the sixth inning, and Tim Anderson will come to the plate with the White Sox leading 5-2. Homer Bailey remains in the game and throws an outside knuckle curve for ball one, 1-0 the count. Out in the White Sox bullpen, Michael Kopech warms up alone. He is likely to come in in the bottom of the sixth inning. Give the Sox an inning or two. Everybody pretty much available today. Inside four Seamer misses, two and one the count. The Sox in September call-ups brought Jimmy Cordero back after he had to go down to make room for Carlos Rodon, who's now in the rotation. Dylan Cease, is this a line out? Right to first base, one gone. Dylan Cease, now also in the bullpen. Luis Alexander Basabe, the outfielder, got a call up and joined this team. He's actually had some playing time already since the beginning of the month. Now Yasmani Grandal comes to the plate 0 for 3 in this game and sends this one over to short. Easy play. The 6-3 put out. And quickly, there are two gone here in the top of the sixth inning. Juan Mancada comes to the plate 2 for 3. He's got a single, a double. He scored twice. Homer Bailey sits on 34 pitches in relief with two outs in the top of the six and nobody on, and Mancata rifles this one off the screen just over the dugout on the third base side. 0-1 the count. Now Mancata sends this one out in the right field, base hit. They have shifted him the last two times up, expecting him to pull the ball to the right side. He's put two of them to the left side. The double off the left center field wall 
And now the single in front of the left fielder. Aloy Jimenez hit a deep one his first time up in the first inning to give the White Sox a 2-0 lead. We now lead 5-2. He's 2-3 for three with a double, a home run, and three RBIs in this game. He's got Moncada on first, and the first pitch is going to be grounded to short. Nothing that time for Aloy. They're going to take the force out at second base. 6-4 put out. The inning is over quickly. So the Sox get a hit and nothing else. We're midway through the sixth, still leading 5-2. The third pitcher of the game for the White Sox is Michael Kopech. 69, the third innings pitch at a 4.93 ERA. Righty's hitting 243 against him. Lefty's hitting 203. 83 strikeouts to 45 walks. He has spent the season in the bullpen for the Sox. Although Ricky Renteria indicating there's a chance he could still end up as a starter in the postseason. And some guys have been struggling lately. But right now, he's been perfect coming out of the pen in this role. Brings you another starter that can extend a game. Lucas Giolito only goes four and a third. Fry finishes off that fifth inning. And now you get Kopech coming out against Nelson Cruz. He's quickly two and one in the count. And Kopech takes over in the sixth. The big hurler throws a strike down the middle that's fouled off. That one came in at 97 miles an hour. The 2-2 pitch now on the way to Cruz. Inside misses, the count is full, 3-2. Josh Donaldson stands on deck, hitting 307, has a home run earlier in this game. The Sox trying to take their second in a row, and their 12th on the season from the Twins. And the way we have played them has been the whole difference in this chase. Swing and a miss. Took something off at a change up there. Cruz way out in front of it. Kopech strikes out the first guy he sees. And there's one gone here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Michael Kopech, feeling good after that one, now gets Josh Donaldson. He's two for two. Got a single and a home run. The home run was a two-run job. This is his third time up in the game. Hitting 307 with a 988 OPS. There was a point where his OPS was 1,100 or higher. He looked like a triple crown winner in early June. He was leading in all three categories. Now, his teammate, Miguel Sano, a lot of people believe will be the MVP and not Josh Donaldson. A 1-1 pitch is outside, a four-seam fastball, 2-1 and one the count from Kopech. Into the line in the pitch. This one lifted down the third baseline, hooking foul into the stands. Two and two the count. Kopech working quickly. Grandal in the inside corner. Takes an inside slider. Does not get the call. And the count is full with Rosario on deck. So Kopech full here to Donaldson. He was able to get Cruz. Let's see what he does here with Josh Donaldson. The pitch on the way. Swung on, fouled off. Hardliner into the netting down the third base line. That's why it's there. Count remains full, another payoff pitch. Fouled straight back. He was on that one and just didn't hit it right. 3-2 pitch on the way. Swung on and missed. Kopech climbs the ladder, continues to go higher on Donaldson until he can't get up high enough. That one was borderline if it was going to be a strike up at the letters, and Donaldson can't get it. Speed and height on that pitch, and he burned him. Kopech, two up. Two strikeouts, two down. 
And here's Rosario, the left-handed hitter. 0 for 2 with a fly out and a line out. And a changeup taken at the knees for a strike. 0 and 1 the count. I think he was confused by the speed of that pitch because Michael burns it in there most of the time. First time this inning, he starts off with an off-speed pitch, and Eddie Rosario's like, I wish I had a warning on that one. 0-1 the count, and now the four-seamer down the middle at 101 miles an hour, and he takes that one. So he's confused him on what's coming the first two pitches. Two strikes taken. Now a swing and a miss, tipped back into the glove. Rondal shows it to the umpire. One, two, three. Kopech sets them all down with three Ks. End of six, Sox continue to lead by three. Five to two in enemy territory. Tyler Clippard's gonna come on to pitch for the Twins now. 29 and two thirds innings with a 1.21 ERA, six holds, a one and one record. Righties hit 0.64 against him. He holds them down. Lefties a little bit better. Abreu's gonna come to the plate. 0 for two with a walk and a run scored. He's only one for six in this series with an RBI. Encarnacion stands on deck here in the top of the seventh inning. First pitch on the way, lifted straight up in the air. Underneath it is Donaldson. He'll make the catch. One out, the top of the seventh inning, and already we have Edwin Encarnacion to the plate. Abreu went down on the first pitch from Clippard, and now an outside pitch taken. 1-0 the count. Sox bullpen silent. For now, Michael Kopech looked really good in the sixth inning. He went one, two, three, likely to come out in the seventh. The 1-0 pitch on the way. This one foul back, one and one. Edwin's one for two. He has splits that suggest he is much better against lefties. The power doesn't go away, but the batting average definitely goes down. That's why he's only hitting basically all year long, between 260 and 270. One and two now from Clipper. The righty gets him the swing and miss. There's two gone, and it makes sense. Twins saying we've got a bunch of guys that don't hit very well against right-handed pitchers as much as they hit against lefties. Bring in our best guy against right-handed batters who barely ever gives up a hit against him. Gets a Brady to pop out in the infield. In the first at bat, now gets Encarnacion to strike out, but here's Larry Garcia, switch hitter, will stand on the left side of the plate and take a split finger away for ball one, one and oh the count. Standing on deck is Danny Mendick. Garcia, one for three. Into the wind and the pitch. Swung on and missed a changeup away. Count is now even at one. Now an inside changeup taken, 2-1 and one the count. Mendick stands on deck. The 2-1 pitch from Clipper. Outside misses 3-1. Mendick's hitting 264, 7 homers and 36 RBI standing on deck. But the plan here might be to have Clipper not worry about Garcia unless he gets himself out. He swings and misses at a split finger away there and the count is full because he'll get another right-handed hitter, and he thrives against them. And an outside pitch, he walks him. And Garcia's going down to first base. And with the bench that he has, Renteria is going to send Nomar Mazara out, another lefty against Clippard. 
and make him go to another left-handed hitter. Mazzaro's hitting 240 with 14 homers and 46 RBI. First pitch ripped deep into left center field. Near the track, the play will be made by Rosario. Oh, man, that almost paid off. The inning is over midway through the seventh. Five to two White Sox. Nomar Mazzara will go on the right field. Larry Garcia comes in from right and will take over at second base after Danny Mendick was pinch hit for there with two outs. It almost paid off as Mazzara almost put that one off the wall or at least got it out of the reach of Eddie Rosario. Close play there, way out on the track. Mitch Garver comes to the plate. Michael Kopech pours in two pitches immediately and is 1-1 one one in the count here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Sox lead 5-2. Kopech needed 17 pitches to get three strikeouts. He faced three batters last inning. Now a swing and a miss at an outside slider, 1-2 and two the count. Sox have led all game. They won yesterday as well here in Minnesota. Come into this game with a half-game lead in the AL Central. Swing and a miss. He got him. Kopech has seen four batters and struck them all out. There's one gone here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Michael has seen this Twins team a lot this year and really is starting to figure out the regulars, I would say. But trust me, they've seen him as well. And up comes Jake Cave. He has never seen Michael Kopech. Standing in the left-handed batter's box, 0 for 2. And a strike down the middle taken at 99 miles an hour, 0-1 the count. Two strikeouts for the young man. As he stands in, pretty basic batting stance, in the left-handed batter's box. Swing and a miss at a four-seamer, low and in. He's got him 0-2 already. Michael Kopech looking very Kopech-like. Rondell sets up on the outside corner. That's going to be a ball high. One and two the count. Came with the heat, just couldn't keep it in the zone. Next pitch, swung on and missed. He got him on a changeup. Low and away. Five batters, five strikeouts for Michael Kopech. As he is mowing down the Minnesota Twins here in relief. Byron Buxton comes to the plate. 0 for 2 with a walk in the first inning. There's already two outs here in the bottom of the seventh. The righty faces Kopech in the first pitch. Low and away, misses on a changeup. 1-0 the count. Imagine this kind of strategy in a 60-game season, folks. The idea that you're going to have two guys coming out of the pen. And we've heard all these discussions, and we're going to talk about it even more with Scott Merkin this Wednesday on Socks in the Basement. Make sure you check it out on demand. If you're not subscribed to Socks in the Basement, do so. You don't want to miss out. It's on every podcast app. iTunes, Google Play. This one's down the third baseline. You can say Alexa, play socks in the basement. Go through the Podbean app, Stitcher, but subscribe and check your subscription because, you know, if you weren't into the simulated season, you got into it just now. It might not be automatically reminding you like it used to. Swing and a miss there. Kopech gets Buxton on a 2-2 pitch. He faced six batters and struck out all six. The Twins are shaking their heads and we're through seven, up five to two in a big game. Luis Roberts going to lead off the top of the eighth inning. Five to two White Sox. And the changeups foul back, 0-1 the count. Tyler Clippard remains in the game. 12 pitches last inning. Let a man on. And almost gave up a big hit. 34,747 at this game tonight. Game two of this three-game set, the last time these teams will face each other in the regular season, although it is likely they could see each other in the postseason. 
But one will be the division winner, and the other one likely a wild card. Although none of that is guaranteed as long as the Indians hang in to this race. One and two the count now to Robert, the pitch. Inside misses two and two. In a 60-game season, a lot of people are saying, well, what's the rotation? And we're going to talk about that with Scott Merkin on Wednesday as Robert swings and misses at a split finger and goes down. What's the rotation? How is this going to work? Who are going to be the five guys? Now, Ricky Renteria said the very diplomatic thing. I had five starters. Now I have these other two guys. But I already have my five starters. Basically telling those five guys who assumed they were starting the season as the starting staff, I haven't just thrown you out with the trash, but there's going to be a competition here. As Tim Anderson takes the first pitch on a fly out to right field, almost misplayed in the lights. He's going to catch it at his shoes. Standing out in right field was Cruz with his glove up. He lost it, takes a step in and catches it right before it hits the ground. Anderson almost gets out on a miscue, but there's two outs here in the top of the eighth inning, and here's Grandal 0 for 4, and a ball low, 1-0 the count. He's 0 for 5 lifetime against Clippard with a strikeout. But if Carlos Rodon comes out and looks good, Michael Kopech looks good, you could see Dylan Cease and Reynaldo Lopez easily start in the bullpen. Now, if those guys look good, what if... What if you have a Kopech coming out of the bullpen? What kind of fire does that give you? And the fact you can use him a couple times in a series, or once every three days to come out and give you two or three innings and extend your bullpen with that straight cheese. The suggestion made on the show on Wednesday is the count is now two and two, a pitch misses, of combining Rodon and Kopech into one pitcher. Swing and a miss on a split finger. Rondal goes down, the White Sox go down, 1-2-3, Clippard pitching very well, but so is Kopech. He looks like he's starting off the bottom of the eighth as we lead 5-2. Jorge Polanco will come to the plate 0-2 with a walk in the fifth inning. He's hitting 322 with 24 home runs and 73 RBIs. Michael Kopech has thrown 30 pitches out of the pen and has struck out all six players that he has seen at the plate. Throws an inside two-seamer that just misses 1-0 the count. In the bullpen right now, Alex Colome and Aaron Bummer are warming. But Kopech at least starts off this inning. Outside, changeup misses 2-0. Rondal down on one knee, sets up outside and gets that pitch right where he wants it. Two-seamer on the corner. 2-1 to count now to Polanco. The kick and the pitch. Inside swung on a four-seamer. Count is even at two. So Kopech fights back from being 2-0. The next pitch to Polanco. This one grounded down the third baseline. Fair ball. They had a shift on. There was nobody down there. It's going to roll all the way to the wall. Jimenez will get to it there. There was nobody at third. Mancato's basically playing short. A double for Polanco. His 31st of the season. And he leads off this inning. And that's a ground out if the shift isn't on. So it's hard to put that on Michael Kopech. He's throwing the ball as hard as he can. The reason that one goes down the line there is because Polanco's so far back on that ball because it's coming in so hard that that pitch approached the plate at 100 miles an hour. He's late on the swing and the ball goes down the third base line. Now there's a runner on second with no outs here in the bottom of the eighth inning and Arias comes to the plate one for three and an outside slider misses. 1-0 the count. Arias is one for three in this game. Kopech's next pitch. 
in the zone a slider. Count is even at one. Sano stands on deck. I would imagine Kopech will face him no matter what. As this one is lifted out in left field coming on Jimenez, that's going to be a base hit. So after striking out the first six guys he saw, that's a base hit and the runner's going to score right in front of the throw in from Jimenez. It's 5-3 Minnesota, there's still no outs, and they are mounting a comeback. And now the Sox are going to go out to the mound and visit with Michael Kopech. He's thrown 38 pitches. You could say I'm going to Bummer here, but Bummer has already given up a big home run to Sano earlier this year. So has Colome, standing out in the bullpen as well. So has Cordero. A lot of guys on this team have given up home runs in big moments to Miguel Sano. Michael Kopech, though, has not. And you got a big, fiery right-hander. And the plan here seems to be that you're going to keep him in because Miguel Sano has a harder time against righties. So the runner on first and no outs here in the bottom of the eighth inning after two base hits. One is definitely Kopech's fault. The other one is on the shift. Sano is 0 for 3. He's the tying run in this game here in the bottom of the eighth with no outs. And an inside fastball called a strike 0-1 the count. He struck out his last time up in the fifth inning. Hitting 297 now with 40 home runs. Pitch number 40 coming from Kopech here with the runner over at first base. That one's low and inside. Called the ball. One and one the count. Nelson Cruz stands on deck. I think Aaron Bummer is going to get him. Next pitch low and away. He does not reach for it. Two and one. The fans are giving it to Kopech right now. A lot of noise. As they try to rattle a pitcher that has been mowing down their team for the two previous innings. Two and one now the count to the possible MVP of the American League, Miguel Sano. That one low and away, he does not reach again, three and one. And Grandal's trying to do the same thing that they did last time with Fry. Work him away. But Sano is not biting on the pitches outside the zone like he did with Jace Fry. And now you think that Kopech's got to stay inside but over the plate. A dangerous pitch. The pitch on the way. He goes inside and he fouls that one back. A 97-mile-an-hour two-seam fastball. Three and two, the count is full. Biggest pitch of the game so far for the White Sox. Full count. Here it comes. And he missed. And Sano held off on a changeup low. Kopech had gotten two batters so far. Swinging at a pitch just like that. But Miguel Sano is paying attention. Now there's two on and no out here. And they're going to go out and get Michael Kopech. He had a very good two innings. The shift gave up that first hit. He gave up a solid hit the next time. And misses on a 3-2 pitch. And it turned that quickly for him. And Aaron Bummer is going to come trotting in. 60 appearances, 59 innings, 2.59 ERA. He has six saves and eight opportunities. He also has more than 20 holds on the season. 79 strikeouts to 13 walks, and righties hit 108 against him, lefties hitting 259. That's a high number for him this year, and surprising. The righty crew stands in, and an inside four-seamer misses 1-0 the count, and the Twins are at a fever pitch here, or at least their fans are. The Sox got that 5-2 lead, and there was nothing coming from the Twins' bats for several innings. And now, they've already gotten a run in, They've got runners on first and second and Nelson Cruz at the plate. No outs and a slider hits the zone, one and one the count. Calame continues to warm in the bullpen. Although in reality, this is Aaron Bummer's inning. By the time 
He could get to column A. There'd be three more batters, and this could be very different. The pitch on the way. Outside misses on a cut fastball, 2-1. and one. So it's really on bummer. Let's see if he can get the job done. Next pitch swung on a missed and inside sinker, 2-2. Two and two. There were times this year he was lights out. There have also been some stumbles. He's still overall one of the best pitchers out of the pen in the American League and on this White Sox team. Him and Steve Ciszek still hold whips lower than one. The 2-2 pitch now on the way. Swung on and missed. He got him on a 97-mile-an-hour fastball up and in. Cruz sits down. There's one gone here in the bottom of the eighth. Josh Donaldson's going to come to the plate now. Big fist pump there by Grandal. He was excited. This is a big moment for this team. Not only in this game, but in this season. Donaldson's two for three with a single and a home run. He had a two-run home run early in the game. First pitch outside taken for a ball. He's hitting 306 with 37 home runs now and 112 RBI. He's 1-0 in a count with a runner on first, a runner on second. And the 1-0 pitch is fouled off. 1-1. Double play would be big here. He's hitting 314 though with runners in scoring position. Bummer comes quickly to the plate, high and tight. Call the ball 2-1 on a cut fastball. It is loud in here right now, folks. Check swing, he got him on the outside corner. Two and two, the count is even. With Rosario, the left-handed hitter, on deck. If you can get to him with two outs, you feel good. This one just barely fouled off a sinker on the outside corner. He was lucky to get a piece of it. Still two and two. Bummer's not giving Donaldson a long time to set in the batter's box. Swung on and missed, he got him on a sinker low and in. He quick pitched him there. Bummer has come in now and struck out two out of the bullpen. Grandal pumped one fist after the first strikeout, pumped both fists after that one. And Rosario comes to the plate now. The lefty's 0 for 3 and takes a strike high on a cut fastball, 0-1 the count. The runners are still on first and second. They've been there since there were no outs in this inning. And the Twins already had a run in in the inning and still trail, though, 5-3. The tying runs on first in a big moment. An outside pitch. Brings the count to even, one and one. A slider just misses low and away. Crowded a fever pitch here in this big game. Outside pitch misses again, a cut fastball, two and one. Rondell gives the sign. He's sitting straight up behind home plate, not giving away what he's doing. Now he goes outside with a cut fastball high and it's fouled off, two and two, the count is even. He's got two strikes on Eddie Rosario. The pitch from Bummer. This one lifted down the first baseline, curving just foul. It was out of here, but foul. Bummer now delivers another one inside. Struck him out on an inside sinker. Rosario went after a pitch that was not in the zone. Bummer comes off, throwing his hands up in the air triumphantly. Struck out three after coming in after inheriting two runners. The White Sox continue to lead. 5-3 and Sergio Roma will come in now 34 and a third innings 2.62 ERA and Yohan Moncada will lead off the top of the ninth inning the righty pitcher against the lefty hitting Moncada inside, four seamer called the ball 1-0 Steve Ciszek is now tossing Alex Calame is also 
still tossing, although now it's just kind of like keep your arm warm out there. Different motion. Moncada's three for four. He takes a low changeup. 2-0 the count. Ciszek took the closer roll from Colomy. Although he has been used in three of the last four games the White Sox have played. And he blew a save yesterday in Tampa Bay. Ground ball, shortstop side, fielded and sent over to first. One gone here in the top of the ninth inning. Bummer looks so good coming out. But going for a second inning with him may not be the best idea. It has worked at times for the White Sox, but not every time. And the results could be disastrous. Ciszek, though, has had a lot of work lately. So that's going to be dangerous as well. Colome does know how to close a game. He did blow some saves earlier. But Renteria may be considering that as well. So the options are all open right now for the White Sox. As Jimenez comes into play, two for four. Got an RBI double and a two-run home run in this game. He's 1-0 in the count. Inside pitch misses a slider, 2-0 the count. Sox got through the meat of the order in that last inning. That does not mean there aren't dangerous hitters coming up here for the Twins. Abreu stands on deck, hitting 279 for the season, 23 homers and 73 RBI. It's 3-0 to Jimenez, who has settled into that cleanup role now on the team. Inside pitch misses. He's going to walk, and we have a leadoff man on as Aloy will go down to first base. And the Sox are going to pinch run for Jimenez. Luis Basabe is going to go down, wearing number 73. These rookies, they love those high numbers. He will pinch run the outfielder for Aloy Jimenez. Here in the top of the ninth, outside pitch taken. It's actually a pitch out there. They're seeing if Basabe's going to go. There's one out here in the top of the ninth inning. The Sox put speed on. Next pitch on the way. Low at the knees, call the strike, one and one the count. So a 1-1 count, one out here in the top of the ninth inning. Abreu 0 for 3, the pitch on the way. Basabe takes off. This one ripped over to third. The bouncing ball is going to be picked up and thrown to first, but because the runner was going, the double play is not possible. So the Sacks saved themselves in that respect, and Edwin Encarnacion is going to get to come up with a runner in scoring position here and two outs in the top of the ninth. He's one for three on the game, and they're going to walk him intentionally and send him down the first base. So the idea here is get Edwin down the first. Don't let the White Sox get another run. But Larry Garcia is coming to the plate. He's been hitting the ball very well as of late. Garcia is hitting 279. He will stand in and bat with two outs here in the top of the ninth inning. First pitch ripped down the first baseline. Amazing play down the line. That one had extra bases and Basabe coming around and scoring instead. It's an unassisted three put out. The Twins prevent the Sacks from getting an insurance run, but the Sacks still lead 5-3 going to the bottom of the ninth. The White Sox make some defensive changes and will leave Aaron Bummer out there for now. 
first pitch to Mitch Garber here in the bottom of the ninth inning. A strike at the knees and now a strike on the outside corner on a cut fastball. 0-2 quickly. Nick Mandrigal has moved into second base. Leary Garcia out of the game. Adam Engel has moved into right field to take over for Nomar Mazara defensively. And Basabe remains in left to play some defense as well. So the defense is at its peak right now for this White Sox team. Garber takes a ball high, 1-2 and two now from Bummer. Next pitch fouled off a four-seamer. Count remains 1-2. and two. Now he gets in the swing and miss. And Bummer strikes out Garver. One gone here in the bottom of the ninth. And it's setting up well for the White Sox here because here comes Jake Cave. He's a left-handed hitter. He's 0 for 3. He's struck out all three times up. A ball outside, 1-0. But Bummer matches up well against the 9-hitter here for the Twins. 1-0 the count now. Now a pitch, foul back, a sinker, 1-1. One one. Nothing says that you will see Bummer pitch to Buxton next. As that's a swing and a miss at a sinker away, 1-2. Sachs could opt to play the matchup and bring in Ciszek or Colomay. Inside pitch, call the ball, 2-2 two and two the count. Next offering on the way, misses low and away, a sinker. The count is full. And Byron Buxton stands on deck. And Aaron Bummer does not want to let a rookie left-handed hitter who's hitting in the nine spot off the hook. Here comes the pitch. And he missed inside and walked him. And the tying run is going to come to the plate now with one out in the bottom of the ninth inning. And Aaron Bummer looks disgusted. Trust me, I'm disgusted too, Aaron. That's your guy. Ricky Renteria is coming out. That's going to be it for Aaron Bummer. Steve Ciszek's going to come into the game. He's got 23 saves and 26 opportunities, a 5-2 record, 63 in the third innings pitched, an ERA of 1.56, 80 strikeouts to 20 walks. Righty's hitting 208 against him. Lefty's hitting 119. He worked a lot over the last few days. The hope might have been to not have to go to him. But now the sidearm pitcher is going to come up with a runner on first. And a pitch low and away called a strike, 0-1. He can also induce a lot of ground balls for double plays. You got a runner on first right now. You got a speedster in Buxton up at the plate. And you're at the top of the Twins lineup here. Buxton's 0-3 with a walk in this game. The 0-1 pitch, low in the dirt, blocked by Grandal, 1-1 the count. Polanco stands on deck. Everybody in this lineup coming up can hit a home run. The 1-1 pitch on the way. Outside, just taken on the outside corner, 2-1. Now Ciszek gets him to foul off a four-seamer on the outside corner. 2-2, two two, the count is even. With one out here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Sox lead by two, 5-3 in Minnesota. Swung on and missed. He got him on a slider. Low and away. Buxton throws his bat towards the dugout in disgust. He got fooled. He went low and outside, and Byron just could not reach that ball. He was right on target. The bat wasn't long enough. And he was angry. He bat-flipped his bat back towards his dugout. There's two gone here in the bottom of the ninth, and Polanco comes up. The lefty, one for three with a double and a run scored, is the tying run with a runner on first. And an outside sinker misses 1-0 the count. Jorge Polanco has hit a ninth-inning home run to tie a ball game against the White Sox this season. He did it here in Minnesota several months ago. He did not do it against Steve Ciszek. 1-0 the count. 
with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Outside pitch catches the corner, a slider one and one on a nice pitch from Ciszek. The next offering on the way, this one sent out in the left field. That's going to be a base hit on the ground between Anderson and Mancata. There are now runners on first and second. And Luis Arias is going to come to the plate. The left-handed hitting second baseman. Two for four with two singles and an RBI. The tying run is on first. The winning walk-off run at the plate lifted deep in the right field, but it's going to stay in underneath at his angle. And this ball game is over. The White Sox have taken the first two of a three-game set here in September against the Minnesota Twins and now lead the American League Central by a game and a half, which is actually the most they've led the Central by. They at one point were a game up. They pretty much have been exchanging first place back and forth with the Twins for the last month or so. They've been tied more games than anything in first place. These two teams have been matching each other. And now the Sox come in, trailing by a half game, and win the first two and go to a game and a half up. A big win for the White Sox. Jace Fry will take the win. Two-thirds of an innings pitch. He followed a Lucas Giolito start. Lucas left the game, actually, with the lead. Did not put in enough innings. The official scorekeeper is going to give the win to Fry for finishing off the fifth inning the way that he did with men on the base paths. Steve Ciszek's going to get the save. He pitches the last two-thirds of an inning, gives up a hit, but strikes out one batter and induces the fly out to right on the first pitch to Luis Arias. Aloy Jimenez, two for four in this game. A two-run home run, an RBI double, three RBI in total, two runs scored. Yohan Moncada goes three for five with a double and two runs scored. Larry Garcia, one for four with two RBIs. Danny Mendick goes one for two and also drew a walk. There were some guys on this team that did everything. Only nine hits, but five runs scored by this White Sox team. Four of them were earned. One, an unearned run. And the Twins drop another one to the White Sox, thankfully. And the Sox win yet again. Five to three here in Minnesota. They will go for the sweep. The worst thing that could happen to them tomorrow is they leave with a half-game lead in the AL Central and don't have to play the Twins again this season. And to be honest with you, we've been beating them so much, now sitting at 12-5 and on the season against the Twins. It seems a shame that we won't see them more. Minnesota's got to be deeply frustrated with what the White Sox have been able to do to them. And the White Sox simulated season rolls on. Tomorrow is Game 3 of this three-game set. And then... On Tuesday, another fast forward is scheduled to go. The White Sox will be simmed forward to finish out the year, and you will hear the results of that sim on Tuesday. And then the regular 30 minutes of Sox, that is Sox in the basement, comes out on Wednesday with our special guest, Scott Merkin from MLB.com, the main beat reporter for the Chicago White Sox. Can't wait to talk to Scott yet again here on Sox in the Basement. So much planned for you over the next couple of days. Stick with us. Make sure you are subscribed. Share the show with your friends. Tell everybody about it. Baseball's back, baby. And the simulated season is rolling. My name is Chris Lanuti. You've been listening to Sox in the Basement, brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions. Visit them at FAMWS. 
Sox.com. This is Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans by fans. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Socks win. See you tomorrow. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.